Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of February 10. In the news, the 120,000 residents of Artsakh are again without gas supply as the blockade of the Lachin Corridor enters its 61st day. Armenia sends humanitarian aid and rescue teams to Syria and Turkey in the aftermath of the devastating earthquakes. And Seyran Ohanian, Armenia's former defense minister and a member of the opposition Armenia Alliance, was stripped of his parliamentary immunity this week. Artsakh has been under blockade for 61 days now. Azerbaijan again cut off the gas supply on February 8, and it has not been restored at the time of recording. In order to ease the burden on electricity lines, Artsakh's electricity provider decided that blackouts will take place six times a day for one-hour periods. This week, the Russian peacekeepers deployed in Artsakh facilitated the transfer of 25 tons of humanitarian aid to the Stepanaget dairy factory. The aid was sent by the Armenians Unite Charity Organization. Yesterday, Amnesty International called on the Azerbaijani authorities and Russian peacekeepers to immediately unblock the route and bring an end to the unfolding humanitarian crisis. The statement said the blockade has had a particularly harsh impact on at-risk groups, including women, older people, and people with disabilities. Marie Stratters, Amnesty's Director of Eastern Europe and Central Asia, said Azerbaijani authorities have an obligation to undertake to ensure that the population in Nagorno-Karabakh is not denied access to food and other essential goods and medications. For its part, the Russian peacekeeping mission is mandated to ensure the safety of the Lachin Corridor, she said. However, both parties are manifestly failing to fulfill their obligations. Struthers stated that the blockade has resulted in severe shortages of food and medical supplies as humanitarian aid delivered by the ICRC and Russian peacekeepers has been insufficient to meet the demand. Artsakh authorities told Amnesty that five to six trucks, exclusively those of the International Committee of the Red Cross and the Russian peacekeepers, arrive there on a daily basis now compared to the 1,200 day before the blockade began. During the weekly cabinet meeting yesterday, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan stated that the blockade of the Lachin Corridor and the disruption of gas and electricity supplies have put Artsakh on the verge of an environmental catastrophe, as people have to rely on wood to keep warm. This, according to Pashinyan, will result in deforestation. The Prime Minister added that these actions cast serious doubt over Azerbaijan's, quote, environmental concerns, as Azerbaijan's illegal blockade of the corridor has created not only a humanitarian, but also an environmental crisis in Artsakh. On February 7, Russia's defense ministry reported a ceasefire violation in Artsakh near Martakert. According to the Russian side, there were no casualties or wounded. The command of the Russian peacekeeping mission has launched an investigation with the Armenian and Azerbaijani sides into the incident. No further details were provided. The Artsakh authorities have not reported the incident. And on January 8, Armenia's defense ministry and national security service denied Baku's accusations that Armenia and Iran are planning to attack Azerbaijan. According to Azerbaijani media sources, Armenia and Iran are planning to launch an offensive near Lachin and in Rubatlu, and for that reason, Iranian commando troops uh, are conducting drills on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. And yesterday, Iran's ambassador to Armenia announced that Iran and Armenia will not allow a corridor cutting across Armenia to connect western Azerbaijan with its ex-slave of Nakhichevan to be opened. 
He added that army and Iran must take initiatives to prevent this instead of reacting once the so-called Zangezur corridor that Aliyev has been pushing for becomes reality. The day before, in an interview with the Azerbaijani website Hakin.az, Russia's ambassador to Azerbaijan was asked if the so-called Zangezur corridor can become a reality. He stated that there is nothing that should hinder the realization of corridors or the opening of regional communications, as in this regard, economic gain is the priority. Yesterday, Prime Minister Pashinyan received Igor Khovayev, the special representative of the Russian Foreign Ministry on the normalization of relations between Army and Azerbaijan and the Russian co-chair of the OSCE Minsk Group. This has discussed the humanitarian crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh resulting from Azerbaijan's blockade of the Lachin Corridor and steps to overcome it. Pashinyan emphasized the fact that Azerbaijan is violating the November 9 trilateral statement, underlining the need for full implementation of the obligations assumed by the statement. I mean, it's kind of comical, right, when they say steps to overcome. The step to overcome the blockade is for Baku to open the corridor. <laughs> yes, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> and discussions as to Arme- what can Armenia do to w- <laughs> open the corridor. Yes. Well, Armin Grigorian, the Secretary of Armenia's Security Council and Foreign Affairs Minister Arad Mirzoyan also met with Khovayev. They discussed Armenia-Azerbaijan negotiations on the peace treaty uh, with the Russian diplomat. Khovayev's arrival in Yerevan comes amid tensions between Yerevan and Moscow. At the end of January, the Russian Foreign Ministry uh, we had reported about this, uh, you know, very seriously criticized the EU decision to send a civilian monitoring mission to Armenia. And today, Foreign Minister Arad Mirzoyan also held a phone conversation with French Special Envoy for the South Caucasus, Bryce Roquefoy. He's also French co-chair of the OSCE Minsk Group. Prospects for establishing security and stability in the region were discussed during the conversation. And on February 6th, Armenia's ambassador to the United States, Lili Malkuns, met senior advisor for Caucasus negotiations, Louis Bono. He is, I mean... We keep saying this. He's the American OSC Minsk Group co-chair. Um, we're not sure if the OSC All the Minsk co-chairs group. Are, have other uh, titles exactly. now. Uh, the situation in the Laching Corridor and the humanitarian crisis, as well as other issues of mutual interest, were discussed during that meeting. Today, Foreign Minister Atmirzoyan held a telephone conversation with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov. According to a press statement issued by Armenia's foreign ministry, the sides discussed regional security and stability issues. Atmirzoyan emphasized the need for Azerbaijan to unblock the Lachin Corridor. Armenia-Azerbaijan negotiations were also touched upon during the conversation. According to the Russian foreign ministry, the phone call was initiated by the Armenian side, and they make sure to always emphasize that the Armenian side initiated right any phone conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, Armenia's defense minister, Suren Babikian, also held a phone conversation with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Shoigu, today. Uh, According to defense ministry spokesperson Aram Torosian, regional issues and bilateral cooperation in the defense uh, sphere was discussed. And also today, French Foreign Minister Katrin Colonna and U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken discussed the situation between Armenia and Azerbaijan, reviewing efforts underway to resolve the conflict and emphasizing the need for free movement along the Lachin Corridor to be immediately restored. It has been 61 days since this call is being made internationally. <laughs> In a press release, the French Foreign Ministry stated, the serious humanitarian consequences of the current deadlock on the people of nagorno karabakh are unacceptable, and France and the United States are combining their efforts 
to end the situation through their contacts between Prime Minister Pashinyan and President Aliyev. This week, during a Q&A session in Parliament on February 8, uh, Prime Minister Pashinyan was asked to explain why Armenia agreed to the EU mission, but not the CSTO mission. The Prime Minister stated that the CSTO refused to define its understanding of what the borders of Armenia are, while the EU has defined those borders and is coming to monitor them. Pashinyan went on to say that the issue uh, arose when Azerbaijan occupied the territories of Armenia. If a mission does not know what the Republic of Armenia is, the territory of the Republic of Armenia, how will it decide whether the territory of the Republic of Armenia is occupied or not? This is the most important issue. The Prime Minister also stated that before the deployment of the European Union observation mission, Azerbaijan justified its aggressive actions against Armenia on Western platforms by the fact that Armenia and Russia were plotting to launch a large-scale offensive against Azerbaijan. So Armenia's Armenia, plotting yes, <laughs> Armenia and everywhere. Russia, Armenia and Iran also <laughs> are attacking Azerbaijan. Well, maybe next time it's Armenia and I don't know Georgia, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, according to Pashinyan, since the Russian side had representatives on Armenia's borders, I mean, they're referring to the Russian FSB, the Russian border guards, and Yerevan's Western partners had started looking at Armenia with mistrust. Armenia invited the European representatives to come and observe the situation on the ground. Pashinyan added that the important thing here is that there was no geopolitical context. This was not, um, the invitation was not meant to I guess, discredit or insult any other side. So there was no geopolitical context. Or destabilize Russians' uh, control in the region, as the Russian Mm -hmm. foreign ministry has said over and over. On February 6th, Prime Minister Pashinyan held a phone conversation with uh, the French President Emmanuel Macron. According to the Prime Minister's office, Pashinyan and Macron discussed the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh and the blockade of the Lachin Corridor. Macron emphasized the importance of the uninterrupted operation of the Lachin Corridor and underlined France's readiness to continue contributing to the solution of this problem. This week, Foreign Affairs Minister Arad Mirzoyan was in Germany for an official visit where he met his German counterpart and other high-ranking officials. During a joint press conference after their meeting, the German Foreign Minister Annalina Baerbock called on Azerbaijan and Russia to fulfill their obligations and unblock the Lachin Corridor. Foreign Minister Mirzoyan stated that issues of Armenian-German trade and economic cooperation were discussed during the meeting. In his remarks, Mirzoyan also referred to the ongoing blockade of the Lachin Corridor, stating that before the eyes of the entire world, Nagorno-Karabakh is facing a humanitarian crisis. As about Armenia-Azerbaijan relations, the Armenian foreign minister noted that Yerevan has received new offers from Baku regarding a peace treaty. He did not elaborate on what those offers were. Regarding Armenia-Turkey talks, Mirzoyan noted that there has been some progress, adding that, however, the process has been slow. In a tweet summing up the meeting of the foreign ministers, the German foreign ministry stated that in order to support the stabilization of the region, the EU decided to send a civilian mission to Armenia, in which Germany will participate substantially. In Germany, Mirzoyan also met with senior members of the German Bundestag's Standing Committees on Foreign Affairs, Defense, Human Rights and Humanitarian Aid, and EU issues. He also met Christoph Husken, the chair of the Munich Security Conference, and participated in a roundtable discussion held at the Friedrich Ebert Foundation.
Also this week, the foreign minister of Croatia was in Yerevan. He met with Foreign Minister Admir Zoyan and Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan. This is the first time a Croatian foreign minister visited Armenia. Prospects for the development of bilateral political and economic cooperation between the two countries were discussed during the meetings, amongst other things. The Committee on Foreign Affairs of the European Parliament adopted a report on EU-Armenia relations calling on Azerbaijan to withdraw its troops from the territory of Armenia. It is also stated in the report that any peace treaty must include the territorial integrity of Armenia, the rights and security of the Armenian population of Nagorno-Karabakh, the quick and safe return of refugees and internally displaced persons to their homes. Following the committee's vote, the text will be submitted to the European Parliament for approval. This week, Armenia sent humanitarian aid and rescue forces to Syria and Turkey in the aftermath of the devastating earthquakes. 29 rescuers were sent to Syria and 27 to Turkey. Prime Minister Nigor Pashinyan also held phone conversations with the president, uh, with the Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan and the Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. The Prime Minister offered condolences and expressed solidarity to the President and the people of Turkey and Syria. He wished a speedy recovery to all the injured. Erdogan thanked the Armenian Prime Minister for um, his expressions of solidarity and noted that the Turkish government highly values Armenia's support, emphasizing its importance also from the point of view of further deepening the dialogue between the two countries. And according to the latest numbers, over 20,000 people have been killed in Syria and Turkey as a result of the earthquakes. According to preliminary information, eight Armenians were killed in Turkey and six in Syria. On February 8, the parliamentary faction of the ruling civil contract party stripped former defense minister and head of the opposition Armenia Alliance parliamentary faction, Seyran Ohanyan, of his parliamentary immunity. Now the prosecutor general can move forward with um, charges and prosecute Ohanyan, who stands accused of privatization of properties that belonged to the defense ministry. And also yesterday, the Prosecutor General's office also charged former Defense Minister Vigen Sarkisyan with abuse of power in connection with the distribution of government-funded housing to Armenian army officers and their families. In a statement, the Prosecutor's office claimed that Sarkisyan illegally ordered a Defense Ministry Commission to allocate 29 apartments in Yerevan to military personnel and ministry officials who were not on an official waiting list for those homes. The Prosecutor has asked a Yerevan court to approve an arrest warrant for Sarkisian, who now lives in the United States. Armenia's parliament also stripped Armen Cherchian, another member of the opposition Armenia Alliance, of its of his parliamentary immunity this week. Cherchian is suspecting of signing a fake forensic examination report in 2017 as a member of a forensic medical commission in a criminal investigation. Cherchian was detained during the 2021 parliamentary elections for directing his co-workers at the Izmirian Medical Center to vote for the Armenia Alliance. He was released in December 2021. On February 7, Defense Minister Suren Babikian presented the situation in the Armenian Armed Forces to parliamentarians during a closed-door hearing. The hearing lasted uh, over two hours. Antranik Kocharyan, the chair of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Defense and Security, stated that the opposition was briefed on um, upcoming projects to be implemented in the uh, military, Armenia Alliance member Geram Manugyan said that his faction was not satisfied with Babikian's report on the situation in the armed forces. 
This week, Prime Minister Nigor Pashinyan addressed Armenia's regress in Transparency International's 2022 Corruption Index. Armenia ranked 63 out of 180 countries, falling by three places, positions. According to Pashinyan, the media is partially to blame for this. It sometimes reports on illegal enrichment cases of officials, which are not true. As a solution, Pashinyan suggested that if the claims are not true, officials should file civil lawsuits to settle the matter. The, the prime minister shouldn't be advising such... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he shouldn't be. Well, today Armenia's Chamber of Advocates, um, similar to a bar association, reported that yesterday two lawyers were beaten by police officers in a precinct in Yerevan uh, while performing their duties. According to the Office of Armenia's Human Rights Defender, the underage defendants of the lawyers were also roughed up or abused at the police station by officers. The Ombudsperson's office is looking into the matter and will send letters to the prosecutor's office and the Ministry of Internal Affairs with the request to make the circumstances of the case a subject of a detailed and comprehensive investigation. And that's the kind of week it's been here uh, in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend, and we will be back again next week.